Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Andy Haste, president of Riverside Construction in Lafayette, Indiana. Andy is among one of our most successful members, and he attributes that success to consistency and profitability. Sounds obvious, right? But how do you achieve consistent profits in such an unpredictable and inconsistent industry such as remodeling? Well, we'll hear how Andy does it in just a minute. Be the ball. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. I'm here today with my co-host, Mark Harari. Well, good morning, Victoria. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm great. Great. Ready, you know, ready to rock. This is one of my favorite topics today, Profits. Yeah, profits are going to be a good topic for sure. I, I was a little worried because our AC was not working when we came in this morning. I thought this was going to be a hot, sweaty show, but <laughs> but it started working, so we're good. Yes, our customer service from our landlord has been superb today, so it's nice and cool in here, which yeah. is wonderful. Lucky, lucky. And today we get to talk to one of our cool members, Andy Haste. I, I see what you did there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> now, Andy, I asked him specifically to do this because I always think of him as being this I always call him a solid citizen in terms of our roundtable membership. He's, he's, he runs a solid, strong business, you know, and one of the, his claims to fame is consistent profitability, which I love. Consistency is key to so many things. I'm, I'm trying to get consistency in my golf game, which is an impossibility. <laughs> right. So, you know, consistency, consistency. Well, you know, for some remodelers, consist- consistency in profits is impossible. Yeah. It's not really. They just think it is, and so they don't get there. Right. So let's dive in and find out how Andy does it year after year so well. I can't so, wait. All right. Andy Haste is president of Riverside Construction in West Lafayette, Indiana. He's been a part of our Roundtables team, our Roundtables community for many years. He is a member of the Mentor Four group, which is a group consisting of some of our most successful members. Thanks for being part of this, Andy. Um, you're welcome. Thanks for having me on, Victoria. Looking forward to talking with you today and sharing what has already been shared with me by many uh, successful remodelers around the country. So I'm um, uh, very fortunate to be part of a, you know, a member of Remodelers Advantage. So just want to say thanks to Remodelers Advantage for um, uh, just all the experience and allowing me to, to be on board with you guys. Awesome. So you. Well, you're a, you're, a, you're a wonderful representation of the best member in, remod- in roundtables. So let's dive in. I love the fact that you're so consistent. And again, that's so hard to get. Anybody can be profitable one year, but getting that consistency at the higher levels of profit is not easy. So what, in your opinion, are the top three things that are essential to having that consistent profitability? That's a pretty hard question to answer, but I'll give you maybe three, maybe four if you're okay with that. Sure, you bet. Um, You know, I recently read a book or reviewed a book uh, called Great by Choice, and it kind of broke things down uh, succinctly for me. And, and you know, when you ask me this question, why are we successful? It's actually a number of reasons. But um, I would say, you know, having great people uh, is 
paramount, of course. But then once you have great people, it's really about uh, meeting rhythms. Uh, it's about goals, uh, setting, setting realistic goals every year, and then basically looking at your numbers. Uh, we do it bi-weekly, um, you know, every two weeks. And uh, we just, uh, we really don't accept um, anything less than being profitable. So it's really a fanatic, what Great by Choice calls fanatic discipline with your numbers. So I would say those are some of the big, big things. I mean, we can dive in a, a lot uh, deeper on some of these things, but um, it's just being a fanatic about numbers, about goal setting. Of course, marketing and sales are huge. Um, you know, we set we set uh, sales goals every year and every month, and we've got uh, to crank through it and just make it happen. So, but it, nothing happens unless you have great people and great culture. So, uh, it's just a big uh, mixture of a of a strategic recipe that makes it all happen. Yeah. A lot of fun if you have great people on staff. So, you know, you make it sound a little bit easy, but so if it's so easy, why do you think that other remodelers have such difficulty with this? Uh, you know, one of the things I really value and part of our um, culture at Riverside is continual growth, and and along with continual growth, um, obviously you want to continually grow and learn in a business sense, but also in a personal sense. And so it, in order to have that mindset of continual growth, it, you have to be humble enough to not think you know it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, in the past, I've seen um, remodeling companies where they come in to maybe round tables, for instance, and they think they know it all. And um, that's a recipe for not being profitable really or not learning so um we're, i'm always trying to learn from other people i'm not perfect at it but um i think if you got to learn um what you don't know and always be willing to to apply what you learn so well can you I can you part of can you give me a, an example like you talked about having a fanatical focus on profitability and you're looking at your numbers bi-weekly could you give me sort of a almost a role play of like, what does a meeting look like? What's a demonstration of this fanatical discipline? Well, we, I mean, we have scorecards, uh, you know, another book that, um, that I, I, has really enlightened us is Four Disciplines of Execution. And they talk about having, um, you, you, you have a scorecard, but you also have, um, lead indicators. And so, for instance, for, for me, I'll just give you one example on the sales side, a lead indicator for us, for me personally, is how many, uh, how many, we call them comprehensive project evaluations do we sign. It's basically design agreements. And of course, that is a lead indicator for sales Mm -hmm. later on. And so we track it. Yeah. Every month, every week, it's kind of a game (laughs) to us. We have a big whiteboard. It's got this up on the board and um, it's exciting to see your sales grow. <laughs> um, but an example of, of fanatic discipline might be, you know, every two weeks, my leadership team, we sit down and we have a meeting. Uh, these days it's all via Zoom because half the team is working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I've got my, my bookkeeper involved, my um, head design and estimator, my uh, department lead or head, and uh, then my production uh, person. And we are looking at our, um, we're looking at our, we call it job probability matrix, how we're doing on sales. Uh, we look at all of the, um, all of the metrics for our business, how we're doing, uh, are we keeping up with sales, um, production, each, each member of the team brings something different. The production person, uh, says we're on schedule, clients are happy and we're on budget. You know, he's got three key metrics that he tracks and, um, if everything is clicking along, then, uh, the business is running pretty smoothly. But every once in a while, something's not running smoothly, and then we take a deep dive on how can we fix that. So, so these are just meeting rhythms, and that's how we track everything. If something's broken, we figure out how to fix it. So we're we're very in tune with each other. So let's say you're in your meeting, and you can see that in the coming, well, that let's say one of the, your leading indicator, like you said, was how many design agreements you have signed over the last period of time. Right. So what if you are running short? What do you do? I mean, because you can see the numbers, but unless you have an action tied to it, it some people would just go, oh, well, I guess we're not going to hit it. What do you do instead? Well, if we're running short on something, which it seems like we almost never do, um, uh, and part of the reason is we have a marketing plan. And so that marketing plan is generating leads, and we are very consistently spending you know, that two to three percent, well, I should say three percent of our revenue on marketing every year, just like clockwork. And we look at leads coming in. Uh, it's a monthly, well, it's weekly, but it's monthly. We track it. That's one of our uh, metrics that we're looking at every two weeks also. How many leads came in? And if they're not coming in, well, what are we going to do to generate leads? Well, there's a number of things you can do. And so we activate that marketing campaign if something is slow. I mean, we never stop spending money on marketing. So okay. that's, that's awesome. the key. Mm-hmm. Andy, can the, I, can I jump in on that real quick? Just to clarify for you guys is the uh, 3% of your revenue. Is that on your, your budgeted target revenue or on your previous year's revenue? Usually I do it on previous years. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Not previous years. Um, targeted revenue for, year yes what you're going what you're shooting for what we're shooting for so yeah this year three uh you know we're shooting for three and a half million our our um yeah our marketing spend is three percent of that yeah and, good, good job and actually you're going to hit more revenue than that but you're going to stick with the basic budgeted three percent of 3.5 right and and we, you know, every once in a while we underspend on marketing but usually we overspend a little bit <laughs> so, but well you know, it was last year we, we underspent spent a little bit because leads were coming in like crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, we did 30% more last year than we thought we were going to do. And we, you know, our, our net profit numbers were amazing. And, you know, just we didn't spend as much in certain areas last year. But, yeah, the goal is always to spend the marketing money. So. so where the signing of the design agreements was one leading indicator, the marketing the leads coming in is a leading leading indicator, right? So you're looking out even further, make sure the leads are coming in and ramping it up the minute you start to see things slowing down or numbers not being reached, right? That, that's exactly right. 
and, and I love marketing, and I know Mark, that's that's your big thing too. That uh, marketing is super important. You know, I always think of marketing is obviously nothing. I used to think nothing happens until somebody sells something. Mostly true, but really nothing happens until somebody markets <laughs> markets correctly and strategically. And if you're marketing well, uh, telling people about you, um, doing a good job on your current, you know, on your, with your current customers, making them happy, they're going to tell somebody else. So marketing is a huge, you know, it's a huge thing. It's not any one thing. It's, you know, as, as you all know, it's about 20 things together. Right. Mm-hmm. You've got to be strategic. So. Now, one of the other uh, leading indicators or, or indicators, I guess, I'm not sure if it's leading or lagging, actually lagging, I guess, is the customer satisfaction that your production manager reports on when you do your biweekly meetings. What, right. How do you get that number? And, and how do you make it num- you know, a numeric measurable number? Well, the way that it's numeric is uh, build quality. We oh, okay. do uh, build quality surveys. However, it is just in our leadership meetings, it's really just him reporting on any issues with clients. Okay. It's a really fast way just to, you know, do a uh, bi-weekly check-in on are we on schedule? If we're not, please let me know. Are clients happy and, and are we on budget? So, so anyway, yeah, that's just a quick check-in. Okay, so another place that profitability dribbles away is in slippage with a lot of companies. So that means you have to be, in order to avoid it, you have to estimate properly and then you have to produce properly. How do you tie those two departments together to make sure that everybody's on the same page with that number and hit it? I mean, Well, the first thing is uh, to set expectations, I think, with those departments and you know, I'm a pretty A-type personality and, and um, maybe a little aggressive at times to just make sure everything's right. And uh, you try to be nice about it and, and you, you do. That is the goal to have good culture and, and good communication between your team members. However, my, my team just knows that it's not an option. It's not an option to have slippage. <laughs> so, I, I'm making it too simple, but um, and then we have good, good feedback loops, too. So, you know, my production manager and my estimating manager, we meet every two weeks. And if there's an issue, there's feedback. Okay. And I, I have, you know, Aaron Johnson um, is our lead estimator. And he is, he is amazing. Just amazing. So great people. He's super uh, detail-oriented. And of course, we've learned from other remodeling companies. You know what? You what? How do you have a good estimating system? And then you develop that, and you check it, and you check it, and you double check it. <laughs> um, and in the end, it comes out where you don't have slippage. Mm-hmm. And if your production department knows that, oh, by the way, the expectation is we don't have slippage. We just don't. Mm-hmm. You know, every once in a while we have an issue, and then you know we figure out how not to have that same issue again. Right. So. Uh, but the expectation is no slippage, and the expectation is that actually my production department has set is grippage, and so we usually actually have grippage, um, which I can't really explain to be honest, except I, we have great people on our mm-hmm. team. So, <laughs> <laughs> so ex- I don't like the idea of not being able to explain that. But anyway. <laughs> 
just quality people. So obviously you, you must have a good hiring system and pe- people, I imagine people are sticking around. They're not, you don't have turnover. Well, they're sticking around. I, you know, I, we struggle through hiring just probably like everybody, but uh, we, you know, we try to keep people. Yes. And that usually if they're good people, they stick around and um, everybody is really on the same team. You know, it's teamwork and, you know, we do, we have uh, profit sharing at the end of the year. Everybody knows that they're, they're going to get, you know, maybe a hundred, 150 hours extra in overtime and in, in, in profit sharing pay. Nice. So I think, you know, that's what's happened the last two years. I think last year we sent out 150 hours um, to each. Wow. Um, nice. Extra, extra pay to each employee and they are all on the same team. They're like, Hey, I'm part of this and we're profitable. We're going to reap the benefits too. So, I mean, wonderful. So that's kind of how everybody is on the same team. All right. So one of the first things you said in this whole process was um, your meeting cadence and you've Mm -hmm. mentioned a couple of meetings. So can you tell me what in in a typical week or in a biweekly cycle, what are the meetings that you participate in? Well, most of my meetings, uh, I'm still the salesperson for Riverside Construction, so most of my meetings are sales-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do not spend that much time with department heads. Uh, we have, like I said, we have a, a, every two weeks we have a leadership meeting. Uh, we call it our strategic leadership meeting. And so without fail, that happens every month, uh, twice a month. So um, um, I... I should probably do a little bit better job meeting with department heads. Um, we also have um, quarterly team meetings um, where the whole team comes together and we report on how we're doing. Uh, during COVID, that didn't happen every quarter, right. but uh, we try to make that happen. So okay. uh, we have some cadences. I would say our most consistent cadence is uh, meeting with my leadership team. Okay. So I, we do not, um, how should I say it? I don't micromanage anybody really. We just come together. They report to the team in the mm-hmm. team leadership meeting. And, you know, of course, I, I give them a report also of what's going on in sales and marketing and kind of general manager type responsibilities of what, what we're doing and so forth. Mm-hmm. But that's really our basic meeting, that leadership team meeting. And then all my department meeting, department heads have meetings with their people. Okay. And I'm really not involved in so. Okay, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Okay, last question. Do you have any tips or or techniques that you can share on how you set goals, your yearly goals and budgets? Um, really, we just, I, we look at our three-year plan and say, where are we going? And it's never less, well, I should say, maybe one time I we decided that we might, our goal would be less than the previous year, but usually it's 10 to 15%, 10 to 20% more. Mm-hmm. Um, the main, uh, you know, goals are amazing. Uh, we seem to hit them or actually exceed them every year. And so I would say that our, our, our main goal is to say, well, never be satisfied with where you are for one, right. but um, we're, we're always trying to, to grow just a little bit and not really, it's not just about profitability, it's to provide opportunities for more people 
um, you know, you're adding to your team and you're trying to grow a stable company. Um, you know, one of these days I'll probably work myself out of a job. So I, we're trying to hire salespeople and so forth. Um, but the main thing is uh, something that Great by Choice uh, calls a 20-mile march mm-hmm. is don't try to grow too fast. For instance, don't try to grow 30% like we actually did the last probably couple of years um, because um, it's hard to do and, and uh, keep the wheels on the bus. Right, right. So just try to grow you know, 10 15%, and, um, and that's what we try to do. Right. Don't overdo it. Stay uh, stay consistent with what you're good at. Uh, try to do the, you know, maybe four things that you're really good at. Um, you know, right now we're, <laughs> we're we're starting a handyman division, and it's going really well. But uh, I hired a general manager for that, and and um, and uh, we're we're excited about that opportunity. But I'm not focused on that at all. So we just try to stay focused on design build, and um, yeah, I guess that's what I would say or goal setting. I do get my team involved with that also. I make sure that they are okay with, actually I have them set their own goals for the year mm-hmm. and then we kind of come together and we, we decide together really what should our goal be. Mm-hmm. One thing is my production manager, um, Pete Carey, it, he always seems to have higher goals than I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not sure I can keep up with you, Pete. <laughs> And he's part of the roundtable for production managers, isn't he? Yes. All right, great. Yeah. Good. That's great. Andy, uh, we do one thing very consistently on this show, and that's called the lightning round. Are you ready for that? (laughs) Uh, I suppose so, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) And now, here's the Remodeler's Advantage lightning round. It's a trap. It's okay. I'll be gentle. Okay, that was great. I'll do the best I can. Okay, 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. What's your favorite business book and why? I would say uh, Four Disciplines of Execution, and it's really all about those neat indicators and uh, being highly focused on what's important. If you weren't a remodeler, what do you think you'd be doing? Probably a real estate investor. What are you not very good at? Cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one should be I interesting then. Organizational uh, task, probably. <laughs> your room, your desk, or your car, which would you clean first? Um, probably my desk, but you know, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> Name a thing or possession of yours that you refuse to share. <laughs> what do you think is the greatest invention ever? Greatest invention ever. Probably smartphones. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty awesome, aren't they? I think back. All right, Andy, Andy, this has been great. See, we made it easy, didn't we? Uh, yeah, very enjoyable. <laughs> good, good. And you shared a ton of great stuff. Really, I love the, your vibe, you know, just good stuff. So, But before we let you go, I want you to share with our listening audience your five words of wisdom and why they resonate with you. Well, my five words of wisdom uh, are turn values into scheduled activities. So, and why they, why this resonates with me is, um, you know, our company is very value oriented. 
uh, I get my I get my values uh, from the Judeo Christian um, uh, religion, and I'm always trying to you know you have a lot of good business values, but then you also have personal values, and you want those to really resonate. Um, I think a lot of people leave. You know, we always think about how to be more intelligent or, or how to expand our minds. But, you know, one of my values is paying attention to my spiritual health also. And so that really is a key business um, uh, aspect that we're really, we're trying to cultivate the whole person at Riverside Construction. Nice. We don't talk much about those things, but um, I'm always trying to figure out how can I, for instance, if I value people, how can I have lunch with with people or how can I have lunch with my team or have good conversations with people. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, values are important and then they really actually go nowhere unless you schedule those type of activities. All right. Make them important, right? Show us all on your calendar. Right. Awesome. That's wonderful stuff. Thank you so much for doing this. Tons of fun, valuable, good stuff, Andy. Appreciate it, Great. and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Summit. Thanks. At the summit. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank <laughs> Good you deal. Guys for all you do. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. Thanks, Andy. Thanks. All right, bye. I thought that was fun. Yeah, I did too. You know, I love the fact that he's uh, following the four disciplines of execution because we had that uh, the author of that at one of our summits a couple of years back. Yeah. Uh, Chris, Chris McChesney. McChesney. Yeah, yes. He yes. was a ball of energy, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's putting it lightly. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love it when the speaker jump li- jumps off the stage right. and starts walking around everywhere. Yeah, yes, it's yes. good stuff. Yeah, so that's a good book. I enjoyed that one too. I liked his uh, the meeting cadence. Uh, you know, and we did it. We did 4DX here. Yes, uh, actually, after we got to we got to get back into yes. it. COVID kind of screwed us up a bit because everybody yes. was home, and not that that's an excuse, but it's an excuse. Yeah, but yeah, we got to get back into that. Yes, for sure we do. Lots of good stuff. You know what else I liked about what he said? Hmm. He said that he, whenever he gets a chance, he tries to hang out and spend time with people. Yeah. Especially that part about going to lunch, because I'm kind of getting hungry. <laughs> so. You're always hungry. Jeez. <laughs> Is it 11 o'clock, kids, you're hungry. <laughs> well, I don't know. I can't help it. No. Maybe maybe I should stand to lose a few pounds. Is that what you're trying to say? Not That's, at all. Okay. Not all right. Okay. Have a few snacks in your drawer there. That'd be a better thing. Yeah, I hear you. All right, that well, was really, really good. Yes, finally. It took us a little while to get Andy on the show, but I'm glad I'm glad we had him. Well, you know, he's so consistent with his work. It takes up time. That's right. So, That's right. Well, we want to thank Andy for taking the time to share all these awesome insights with us. And we want to thank you for listening week in and week out. I am Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. See you next time. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted. The Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.